0: Raza, here we go. So let, let's uh, introduce the special guest today, Rabia. Who are you?
1: I'm Janine's wife.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so Rabia's been a bit, um, shall we say, shook once, going it East London way. Um, and uh, put more politely, a bit scared about his podcast this week because she has no idea what we we're going to talk about. But basically, the reason why we're doing this podcast today is uh, I didn't want to tell my story from my point of view because a lot of this has been me 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 from my point of view Um, but the first couple of months especially i was in a coma so i don't remember much of that but i thought it would be good to tell the world my story from the eyes of someone who loved me very much
1: well that's not the reason why i didn't want you to do it because i was scared I just
0: don't like being centre of attention and being <laughs> on the camera. You don't like being centre of attention, Rob, yeah? Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, if, you say, yeah, if you say so, mate. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you say so. So look, we're going to start from the beginning today, I guess. Um, tell you what happened to me, this lovely story, uh, how I've ended up here and the way I have been, I am now as well. Uh, when did the pain start? So the pain, I believe, uh, started in my right foot initially, yeah. which was in... 2021 September time?
1: Yeah, so um, you you were playing football. You like playing football. So you used to go to play football with your friends. Um, And I remember one day you came home and you said you uh, pulled your muscle. So you had a bit of pain in your leg. And then that continued for a couple of days. And then we went to the birthday party.
0: Yeah, so then after that football match, we went to the birthday party, uh, my cousin's birthday party. Had a bit of pain there because I remember... Asking one of our mate's jabs to jump out of the car and get ice. from co-op, was going to walk out of the car. It was a bit awkward. So I went to that birthday party on yeah,
1: that you Sunday. Were fine all night. You were standing, we were like, you know, dancing and stuff. Everything yeah. was fine. And next morning, that's when you said you could yeah. have put your foot down. It
0: was a bit uncomfortable. But that week was okay because then on that Sunday, the week after that birthday party, I went to the football, right? Yeah. Uh, and that was up in Manchester so me and Leon, my son went to watch football um, that famous Newcastle game that Ronaldo came back she has no idea what I'm talking about right now I do know a
1: little bit
0: of who he Everyone is Everyone
1: knows Ronaldo like yeah so
0: I don't think she knows about football so so um, and Messi and Messi oh,
1: and uh,
0: Jesse Lingard yeah why, and why do you know Jesse Lingard yeah Yeah, no, <laughs> now she's blushing cow so um <laughs> Yeah, so so then it came out for football, and the pain started getting worse. So then from there, I guess from September twenty one to around uh, May June time, it was a mixture of seeing GPs. Uh, I went to A and E.
1: Yeah, when you went to A and E, they couldn't really do much, and it just couldn't do anything because they didn't have neurologists there. So they said either you go to GP and get a referral, or just go private.
0: Yeah, so that's when we went private, went to a private hospital over in Essex somewhere uh, for legal reasons, I won't say where. Well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I went there, I saw quite a few different people, I think muscle specialists, oh, yeah. nerve specialists.
1: Three, three different doctors, actually.
0: Yeah, three, four different yeah, doctors, and I think.
1: None of them ha- actually knew exactly what it was. They used to look at the scans and MRI, and they are like, there's something there, but we don't know exactly what it is. And they advised us to go and see a neurologist specialist in London. And I think he wasn't under the NHS, so we had to kind of wait to get a referral um, through our insurance, right? Yeah. And um, by that time, we actually found someone who was at that hospital nearby, So then we went to see him, right?
0: Yeah, good old doctor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The doctor um, said um, the best way to overcome this pain was to? Uh,
1: Get uh, steroids injections, right? And then we did go through two two doses, and then the third one didn't really work, did it? And then they said, right, it's not working, so the next solution is to put that stupid device into your body.
0: Yeah. So... so, um, from your experience, from what you remember, how did I describe that device to you? What was it going to do? Well,
1: you came home and you said, oh, there's this, this device, they're going to put it in my body and uh, apparently it's going to stimulate with the pain and then everything will be okay, I will be able to walk. And then, you know, I mean, I think the doctor gave you so many hopes and positive things to think about. And you were like, yeah, yeah, it's positive, it's positive. And um, I did ask you, how can you have that kind of, you know, electronic device in your body for the rest of your life. And uh, you were kind of brainwashed by the doctor. <laughs> they don't want you to take me to ask. Um anyway, and then you decided to go ahead with the surgery. Uh the doctor did say, oh if it doesn't work, you know, we can just take it out, simple as that, but it wasn't as simple. Because when you did you when you did go for the removal of the surgery, I remember a surgeon coming up to me and he'd said to me that
0: removal to what? Stim- what, what, you're, you're skipping you're skipping like four steps now Rob yeah so, um, so okay we, let's not stop, let's, <laughs> just
1: stop there
0: where did I say I'm not going to stop that. I'm going to keep this in there no so, <laughs> I, okay. I'm, fine I'm leaving
1: no. bye <laughs> okay
0: so you got so they insert a device in my back Um and then uh so they said device in my back and then I guess it was a case of right the device wasn't working right so yeah. the device wasn't working so two weeks after i believe i got a device which is may june time yeah uh, i started getting temperature and i said to rabia right i'm getting a temperature remember, right I said yeah because
1: you. i thought it was just because of the surgery sometimes we get weakness yeah um but yeah i turned out it wasn't actually okay. just the temperature was it
0: okay so tell us about the next steps after um me getting a temperature what happened I guess in that window of me getting temperature and this is. SCA. Well, I
1: was downstairs cooking and you gave me you called me and you said, Oh, I'm shivering, I'm shaking, I can't talk and I got those, you know, wires going up and down my spine and I'm I'm not supposed to be moving around and now I can't say it still. Um so I took you to A and E um because ambulance uh, you know, they said they're gonna take so long to come, so it might, it's better for you to just make your own way to the hospital. Yep. Uh, standard. And then we made our own way to the hospital. We were there for two hours, nearly, and then they did your temperature, your blood pressure, and then as soon as they saw the blood pressure wasn't going down, then they moved you uh, into the room where um, they put um, fluid into your body. Oh,
0: so what was that fluid?
1: Oh, I think it's, a, it's a glucose, right, to give you the energy and stuff, just in case, like, same way if anyone goes into the hospital and they're not well, I think they just give this bag of fluid. Okay. Well, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor okay, or fine. a nurse.
0: Yeah, I know, but, okay, so, for, so at this point, so I remember going into A&E with a temperature, but then I don't remember um, what happened after, because we ate food and then, that bit about them taking me in, I don't remember. So explain to me.
1: You always remember food, so yeah, I
0: remember food. Obviously, you can talk. So <laughs> I love food. <laughs> so went to Annie, got temperature, got taken into um, whatever it was. Well, you
1: went Annie for two days, actually twenty four hours, because you're not allowed to stay in AE more than twenty four hours. If you do, then they end up moving you in a in a ward. Uh, but because your condition was getting worse and worse, they had to move you into majors, where people come in, for example, who just drank, like I don't know. So, there was a guy who actually drank. Um, what was it called the one you drain the toilet? Oh, my bleach. Yes. By accident. Well, he was drunk.
0: He drank bleach. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> basically, yes. basically the like I guess the story like is majors,
1: that, majors. Yeah.
0: So don't go in the toilet.
1: Because
0: <laughs> you, you might end up drinking bleach instead. Okay, so that guy was there. He probably
1: thought he was something else, didn't oh, <laughs> it? That was fine
0: anyway. Hopefully he's better than I'm doing. So, yes, yes, so he drank bleach. I was there with him. And then, so my blood pressure dropping, oxygen dropping.
1: Yeah, then so they, they put the oxygen uh, tube on you, right? And then, um, because you couldn't move, you couldn't walk around, then they had to put the caffeine as well, just to, you know
0: to drain the fluid to
1: drain the fluid because you were gaining a lot of weight so all the, the water was storing in your body yeah and you started to to uh, swell up yeah swell
0: yeah, yeah, up yeah right. or so yeah, yeah. expand
1: <laughs> yeah or blow up
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> careful <laughs> one of those <laughs> careful <laughs> careful mate <laughs> so okay so I started blowing up so I started blowing up um
1: uh, oh my god um yeah, so I remember. Well, all I remember was crying my eyes out. Um, Why? I didn't know what was going on because all you were doing was like shaking and just looking at me like, "What? Well, I'm dying? Was, I'm was, gonna was, die?"
0: Was I still conscious at this point?
1: You were awake. You were walking around.
0: Okay, I, so remember, I, I, I yeah. don't remember that.
1: Also, they gave you so much fluid that it gave you reaction. So you were going toilet a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I was helping you all night to go to the toilet and stuff. Uh, normally, they don't let anyone stay by the way, but they did with me because you wanted me to stay there uh and then we were there for another twenty four hours so forty eight hours in total and then they decided to move into i c u because your oxygen level was dropping okay um and everyone was panicking, so okay. they had to move into um i c u and then they told me to go home because I couldn't stay there yeah um and then they started putting loads of um wires and injections and drips on you it was really scary i still remember like okay.
0: now okay so so at what point did they know it was sepsis
1: well anyone who goes into the hospital with infection they say it's sepsis because I remember with my little one, when he was a baby, he had an infection when he was three months old, and I took him to the AE.
0: Yes, baby, I was still around then, I do remember that.
1: Yeah, and then I got the discharge paper, and it said sepsis on it. And I remember ringing the hospital and said, why did you say my son had to have sepsis? Um, so they didn't know exactly what it was. No one ever heard of, basically, that stimulator, the device. Um, people were quite shocked, like, what is this? Like, it was so new to them. They wanted me to send all the boxes and everything. Um, so I went to the hospital with all the details, all the discharge papers and the device box yeah. so they can actually do some reading because they had no idea how to operate the device because they, it, it came with the remote and they didn't know how to operate the remote. So they didn't want to do anything, you know, wrong. Yeah. So um, I handed over all the letters, all the papers, all the bo- everything. And... Um, I was there for another 24 hours um, before they took you to the ICU upstairs um, because you wanted, you needed to have more machines, basically, because uh, your uh, kidney and liver was failing. Um, and then I remember coming home at 11 o'clock. I would call from the hospital saying your oxygen level is dropping and it was really hard for you to breathe. And um, I don't even remember driving to the hospital, to be honest, that night. <laughs> Um, got to the hospital and they said, Right,
0: I before you go to that, how was that call? Now like, what, what, how did that call make you feel? I guess, what well, was you thinking? I
1: started shaking and sweating, but the thing is, I had to make sure that I didn't make it sound very worse because make it sound
0: because, worse, not very worse. Mind <laughs> <laughs> the language, go on, Karen.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure it wasn't, um, a you know as horrible as it sounded yeah uh because your mum was there your dad was there your sisters were there and um your mum was very emotional at that time and she said I wanted to go uh and then I told her not to it's just because firstly you wanted me to be there and I knew if she would have gone there she you know it was difficult for her to look look, look at you in that was in that state um so um I just picked up the keys and literally drove in about you know in t- 10 minutes sort of uh, got to the, yeah i don't remember how i got oh, anyway oh, well, i'm not a good driver anyway so you
0: know she said it i didn't say nothing <laughs> she said it i said absolutely nothing
1: so for me um driving that fast was a bit you know challenging um i got to the hospital oh yeah
0: you got the such a challenging time to drive to the hospital yeah <laughs> the thing is it's not safe to
1: drive and you when you're crying and stressful and you know oh yeah God. anyway are you here to take the piss out of me no go on okay great um so when i got there i think it was 11 o'clock i still remember and as soon as i got there they were waiting for me to get there mm-hmm. and i remember you looking at me and you said i am scared mm. and i said why are you scared and he goes uh, wi-fi can't make it and I said, no, you'll be fine. And he said, no, I would, I'm going to die.
0: So at that point, even though my oxygen was low, yeah, you I was would, still conscious, yeah, I don't remember Yeah,
1: this. because you want high drugs. you know. Yeah, drugs. Like, yeah, exactly. So the doctor said to me, um, you might not make it because your oxygen level was dropping. They said what, did, you they, need...
0: did they give you a percentage? What percentage of?
1: No, they didn't. But they said they're going to put the tube, um, in your into your throat yep. to keep the oxygen yep. so just in case you know the oxygen drops but they said they had to take the device out because there was no other thing they they could think that it was causing it basically yep. Yep. Uh, because they did all the tests yeah um every possible thing that they could think of but yep. they said it makes no sense um also they needed to send the device off um to investigate to see if it was that device okay uh, they waited nearly four days before they actually did the surgery yeah um, because they was just they were not sure they didn't want it to you cut your back open because yeah, yeah, you had was well, yeah. um and uh, i remember i was in a car and it was raining from one o'clock to four o'clock and um, it was pouring down at four o'clock um i went upstairs and you were on uh, on the ventilator and i said to the nurse why is he not awake because when he had his first surgery he came back fine and she said well did you not know what happened to him and i was like yeah i know he went in for a surgery but i was expecting him to be awake and she said no that's how he's gonna be now and i was like okay so they told me to go home so i came home and obviously we had whole family around and it was so stressful i remember just dropping outside the door i just didn't want you to knock on the door um but um yeah then we start going back to the hospital day when days went past and then you were not waking up. Um, apparently they said they they put you to sleep themselves because your organ were failing, so they didn't so want to...
0: They, they put me into an induced coma?
1: Yeah, uh, on purpose because they didn't want you to be awake and yeah. be in pain and because it's not it's not very pleasant to feel that tube in your throat because you just want to take it out. Um, the every day we used to go you used to have one new machine next to you so it was just like what's this now what's this now um so one day there was a dialysis machine and then kid you know everything so we would we used to just sit there just watch your oxygen level go up down up down up down Mm -hmm. um there was a time where you were literally two percent you were just breathing by yourself rest away was on the machine so it was it was scary
0: okay um so so at this point they 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 see things failing they see yeah the blood pressure like you said yes the oxygen you said um so i guess at what point did they then think right it's not just sepsis it's something else as well and what was the process of them finding out what it was
1: um, so I still remember when me and your sister went to the hospital to see you, I remember the doctor said, one of the doctors from you, from the big hospital, I don't want to take the name, <laughs> um, were here to talk to us about everything. Uh, because the hospital that you were in they weren't specialized in what you had yeah. so they didn't know how to deal with it so they had to contact all the other hospitals in, in the country and then but,
0: uh, uh, but how did the other hospitals recognize because I, I thought they set, me, set my bone marrow off well
1: there's so many things that they were doing they were doing bone marrow they were doing lots of blood tests um,
0: chemo, chemo as well right
1: chemo didn't start there because what happened they didn't know exactly what it was so they were trying Trying to do everything but chemo was going to be the last option
0: but they did, they did, yeah they did chemo at queens though not they?
1: they did because they wanted to just basically restart your immune system i don't know okay that, yeah so they wanted to make sure everything's done by the books isn't it okay so uh, they wanted to basically check out the list so this is done this yeah, is not, not working this. this is not working this yeah. is, let's try this So then I remember the doctor coming up to me and he said, Right, we're going to try to do chemotherapy and everything because we have tried everything and nothing's working. Hmm. Um, And he said, I still remember he said, We're not going to give you any hopes because, you know. um, Well, this is is
0: where I heard they then said 20%
1: chance of me surviving. Well, to be honest, they didn't give me any percentage. So I don't know. Um, But I remember he said, There's no one ever surviving there's only one person who has survived with oh, HLH. HLH that was the
0: disease HLH yeah.
1: basically this no they didn't know anything about HLH before COVID so after COVID it came into like you know they um
0: they realized what it was yeah
1: exactly um so then the like chemo session I think they did one two yeah to be third one they stopped.
0: Depends because well, what pictures you see on YouTube, not the rest of it. Yeah, I'm they old.
1: stopped. Yeah, because um I don't know, they said it wasn't working or anything like that. And then they wanted to move you to the bigger hospital, but the the thing was your oxygen level was very low. So there was a danger that if they move you to the different hospital on the way, you may have just died. died yeah. Yep. Um so that's why they wanted to make sure it was done at the night time. When there was no traffic, and that's the reason why, guys, you only see ambulance give away.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: literally, because you but don't that, know. Yeah, you just don't yeah, know. Yeah. Give
0: away, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but they they took me at night time, right? Yeah,
1: they took you at night I would be time. Telling
0: me midnight. Yeah. And they rang you then at four in the morning.
1: They I still remember every time when I used to get a call, I literally used to jump. Uh, I was just like, "What is this gonna be about?" Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I used yeah. to get updates nervous. every single day. Yeah. yeah. So I remember, the guy rang me at between 4 to 5 and he said oh I'm just calling you know for Janae and then I was like okay and so then so
0: that was a point between 12 and 4 yeah I think they were moving me right yeah
1: and then he said oh nothing it's just an update that he's fine and you know we settled him down and everything and then I was like, okay, why Why would you call me at four o'clock in the morning yes, to sir. tell me that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just bringing you slightly at four in the morning to tell you today's yeah. you know, so But your day. husband's
1: in the ICU yeah, 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 yeah. and he's
0: fine. Yeah, yeah. like rather, rather than hi it's the, it's the hospital we did try transferring him but a bloody BMW, BMW, BMW driver got in the way and now he's dead um, so yes yeah, so I successfully got to ICU and then I was in ICU in you can speak to the hospital it's fine so we was in UCLH at that yeah, point four, four, uh, thank god yeah. to UCLH To tell you now guys uh, if you're listening or watching this podcast uh, or whatever channel you are UCLH
1: yeah and I still remember the doctor came up to me so the day you actually go admitted in the morning I went to him it was at 10 o'clock and uh, I was so nervous to come and see you and when I went in to see you it was by I was by myself and uh, the, the doctor who actually was dealing with all the whole situation he had a conversation with me for an hour when they took you for MRI um and he told me that you were gonna you know when you go home, you're going to have some severe disabilities. And that was the first time... That's the first thing he said to me? No,
0: but I... Hi, nice to meet you. No, I'm I'm
1: not going to go through for a whole conversation because I don't remember. All I was doing was crying at that time. And anything that he was telling me, to be honest, it wasn't registering in my brain because I was was just crying, crying, crying. And he goes to me, you know, um, he will be fine because he's out of danger now, the danger's gone. Yeah. So you know, um, but now it's a road to recovery. He yeah. said to me, "He's yeah. you know," and he goes,
0: "Well said, Ravi. Road to recovery Rabia. series. Watch your YouTube. I'm learning, you watch your YouTube. Quick plug there. Watch your YouTube. Road to recovery. That's what it's called. We're going watch that. If you haven't seen it so far. But sorry, quick plug there. My YouTube channel. So carry on. So this is now the road um, to recovery. Yeah.
1: So he was asking about the children and how long have we been together for, and you know, and um, he said obviously the life is not going to be the the same, same exactly yeah.
0: how no shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he said it's going to be very difficult for your whole family and I was telling him about how passionate you are about your bikes
0: yeah and, big up super bike and
1: football and like how I told him exactly like you went to watch football game with your son uh, so that's it we had... our conversation lasted for an hour and then he did say to me Normally, we don't allow to have kids in the ICU, but you're more than welcome to bring your kids yeah. so they can see you. Yeah, yeah, did they
0: come see you?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I, no, I didn't want you to bring him into the ICU just because, I mean, my heart said that you'll be fine. So I didn't want it to, him to have that picture of you, you know. Ayan, or his Oh, Yeah, Ayan.
0: Old, So Ayan is the oldest one for Yeah,
1: for the rest of his life. It's yeah. because... He's he, nine. Eight, yeah. He's
0: eight at a time.
1: Yeah, so... And also, it was affecting him. He used to ask me, when's daddy coming home, when is coming home? And if he were going to see you at the hospital like that, and I think that would affected him more. more yeah, and even like in school, um, I, I told his teachers and everything, and even they saw the behaviour was a bit change like he yeah. was quieter he will cry all of a sudden and obviously the relationship that you have with him is
0: yeah me and my older are, are very tight
1: um so that's why i think he was going through so much um so i didn't want you to put another pressure on him so i said no um even though everyone said he should go see him and i said no i wanted you to be awake and make the decision you know if you wanted to see him and whatever
0: yeah, no, um it's true, it's true. and
1: yeah you were there for a for two months before they moved you to moved you to the normal ward, and yep. you didn't like it, you hated it. Because, I remember. So I, remember you so you got now I remember. in ICU. Yeah, ICU was <laughs>
0: mental. I mean, I I remember waking up. I guess at that point I was on a lot of drugs, and my head was everywhere. So I was not just swearing at the doctors and nurses, but also I was fighting with family. So I guess um, it would be nice to hear how that was for you. I mean. When I woke up, I wasn't the same person in ICU.
1: Yeah. I
0: was on a lot of drugs. So how did, I guess, it would be nice to, from your eyes, understand how it affected our relationship from your eyes and how you kept it going?
1: Well, to be honest, I never thought, like, obviously, I'm going to leave you or anything if you lose your limbs.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Or... To be honest, whatever happens to the partner, you have meant to stick by them. Like you know, yeah. when you take your vows, I mean, you know, Um Do what? Shut up. Do what? Vows, right?
0: Vows, yeah. Vows. I
1: can't. <laughs> say, I can pronounce my wheeze, man. You leave your with me. You're wheeze,
0: like... Your wheeze.
1: Your wheeze. Okay. Anyway, vows, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> I always, I always see it. If what if it was other way around? Yeah. You know, would you leave me? No. Yeah.
0: Really, really, I let record this, uh,
1: for the record, Tunae <laughs> you know, he said he's not going
0: to leave yeah. me. <laughs> as long as assets weren't affected, you're good, so... Um... Um,
1: yeah, so uh, I think until you didn't get amputated, I think deep down we had the hope, you know, that take, something would happen, miracle, and you'll be fine and, you know, uh, but unfortunately this is life and it's, it doesn't happen. Um, you know, miracles that do happen, but not often.
0: And and what... what co- but I guess
1: it's a miracle that you're sitting here, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, I could be dead, right? So <laughs> exactly. The, the so. amputations were, um, I, I guess for me, from my point of view, the amputations, were, yeah, I mean, the thought of it was very difficult. And I went for a period, what they call it, call it a grieving cycle, don't they? I think I mentioned this to you. Yeah. In, uh, when I started speaking to psychologists and um, counsellors, they mentioned the grieving cycle. So when you lose a certain part of your body, uh, it's the same as losing a loved one. So I was, I was expecting for it to go. I
1: guess
0: it's worse. Yeah, it's worse. So, it's worse. so you go through you go through a grieving cycle. So yeah. I was going. I was already starting the grieving cycle. I
1: still remember when you woke up and you were like you couldn't move, and I went with my with my mum and your sister, and uh, you were laying down to me and you looked at me and you're like, give me a kiss, and I'm just like, my mum's there. I
0: nice, just <laughs> Oh,
1: no, okay. no, no, it's not that. I think you just didn't know what was going on um, and your head wasn't there. So, you know, you were not thinking straight. You were trying to move. You were like, help me, help me. You were literally that. I still remember when you keep saying to me, help me, I beg of you, help me. And I said, help you with what? And he said, I want to get up. Why I can't get up? Like, you know, you. I remember you were just doing like, just want to pull yourself up, but you couldn't and you were just telling everyone no one helps me no one helps me like help me and it was just such a horrible situation to be in because you I couldn't do anything no one could do anything and all we we used to cry but we just wanted to make sure we're not crying in front of you um so I didn't doctor did say to me i could bring my kids um our kids (laughs) our kids (laughs) kids, if i wanted to it's just because um you know he wanted you to feel like they're there and for your own mental health basically um and i explained that to the doctor and i said i don't want to as much as i would love to i can't bring my son because i don't want to put another you know um thing on his head and Every day he used to ask me, when's daddy coming home? When's daddy coming home? Is daddy still sleeping? Is he awake? So all these questions in his head and um, I used to come home and I say, yeah, daddy's awake. He's awake. He said, can I go see him? Uh, And I said, no, you can't go see him until he's moved to the ward. Uh, You're not allowed to go, even though he was allowed to go. Um, I, it was very tough on him. I could tell he was very quiet. He became very quiet even in the class. He would take a break to go outside. Um, and I spoke to his head teacher and everything. Um, you know they were very supportive, very very supportive. And I would say if anyone's going through some hard time at home, definitely speak to school. They do they do help. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so how I guess so how did you balance that? I guess you I needed you in hospital getting you um, at home and you carry on doing family stuff how did you cope with that
1: i mean i think for me i work and then obviously with the kids and being at home and think if i didn't have the support of your family i think i wouldn't be able to cope and friends my friends are amazing i mean i love my girls if you're listening like i love you girls guys, guys so much i mean they've been my rock um, every single of them like checking up on me, messaging me, even if like they would text me and say, Let's go for a drive, you know. Yeah. Um friends are,
0: and, friends are important. I mean even, yeah. even me, I've realized my big group has become a very small yeah. Small group of people who
1: only a handful of people, you know. The, the good quality call not quantity doesn't matter, quality does. So yeah, I
0: mean, the, ones that, um, the ones that turn up, yeah, you know who you are, thank yeah, you.
1: Exactly. And I think I don't have any siblings, so um um I'm on my own and my parents are far away. So for me, my friends are my everything, you know. Um, And your family's been, like, you know, been amazing. Your sisters and um, I love them so much. And I thank them for being there for me. I don't want to cry now. I mean, your dad's amazing. Everyone's amazing. Um, So I think uh, it was difficult. We were going through so much um, together and there was a time where we could we didn't know how to cope. So we were literally lashing out on each other. So
0: Me and you or the family. No, no,
1: family because you were at the hospital, you know, Oh, you,
0: we were lashing out each other you, as well.
1: No, we well, we weren't. You were more concerned about why I wasn't crying every time when I'm seeing you. Yes. But I think the reason why I wasn't crying is because I was crying enough at home and we would you know, and I didn't want you to you to feel like, you know, oh my god, I'm I'm. I'm crying because I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not happy with you or with the situation. I'm like, obviously, you know, I wasn't happy in the situation, but I just wanted to make you feel like you know. I wanted to be positive. I wanted to bring out the energy, and when you see me, mm-hmm. you don't see me cry. If I'm crying, then how you, it's going to make you feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still remember when you're looking at me one day and the, when the day I told you by amputation because I wanted to tell you. Um I told you and then a week later I went again and I told you uh, and he goes you go said to me, No. When did you tell me that? And I said, I told you last week. And he said, I don't remember. So whatever we used to tell you, you used to forget. Yeah. yeah. You know?
0: I think I out of the drugs. I mean I was on some high basic yeah. drugs. So
1: I think then the psych- psychologist came and they told you. And yeah. I think only then you actually were like, shit, okay.
0: They told me through it basically. Exactly. It was really
1: nice. Um but doctors told me. They said, If you can tell him, you would be the best person. And then I still remember the and then you looked at me and said, Why are you not crying? And I'm just like I I was like, you know, right. I need to cry, maybe, just to make you feel like I have feelings.
0: Do you think it's made us stronger as a couple?
1: I mean, yes, it, but it takes a lot of time to overcome all those fears and everything. And, you know, I still remember when the doctor told us about imputation and I was talking to your sister and I said, does he really want to live like that, with a, With you know, without a leg, without an arm? Like, to be honest, I know how I would feel and I thought I would rather die, you know? I mean, and I still remember having that conversation with your sister and she said, I know Junaid. I know Junaid. He will say that, whatever.
0: Yeah, trust me, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever if I lost my leg, like, you know, I will overcome this. I will do my best. And she said, look, I think he will be happy to be alive for his kids.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah,
1: and I said to her, yeah, but, you know, I was scared, not for myself, I was more scared for you, than how you going to cope, because how active you are and how much you love your bikes and your social life.
0: Oh, don't worry about that. My, <laughs> my bike's coming back, and if you don't know, go and check out Superbike. Never quick plug there. Superbike, you are my bike family. Yeah. And... um yeah. And they've been.
1: Um, oh my God! I can't even say how amazing your bike groups, yeah. um, bike group peers. I mean, all your friends, your, you know, bikers. They're amazing. When I told one of your close mates, um, you know, I don't. You
0: can't name uh, you Liam. Side. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's been there, and Lloyd. I mean, you know, and the girlfriends. Um, they're such a sweet girls. Um. They used to call me, text me all the time. They used to send voice notes and they told me to go and um, play those voice notes, even though you were in a coma. Yeah um to you they used to and jill yeah by the way i'm not gonna forget jill yeah. she used to send me a voice note and said babe can you go and play this to janae like you know yeah, yeah. and i used to listen to the voice notes and i'm just like literally but
0: the this funny, is- funny, funny thing is when i woke when i could finally start moving my fingers again and i could start actually going through my phone because I yeah, been on my phone for such a long time um okay. i went through it looked like literally a day yeah go through all my texts yeah. Catch up on, uh, go through all my texts, catch up on my voice notes, yeah. and uh, even that they, they, they kept me going, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I know I shouldn't be going through your texts, but I did go through Superbiker Group. I don't want to say it because <laughs> Liam told me that he like, he literally just told all the boys in a group, and, um, you know, I. Wanted to see what they responded, and all the response was "Rabia, be strong," and we're here for you if you ever need anything, you know. And all those positive responses and everything, I think, made me feel like I'm not alone in this. We are not alone in this. Yeah. So, I mean, you're so blessed. We are so blessed to have such an amazing friends. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, You know, absolutely. and um, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, and like, Liam's so positive. I still remember when he came to see you in the ICU, and he goes, "It's all right." Funny couple of toes, it's all right. <laughs> like you know. That
0: was a rubbish impression of Leo by the way. Oh, sorry, Leo. <laughs> Leo, Leo um, I apologise in advance. Do you want to try an impression? Do you want to try an impression of Lloyd now? No, no I'm sorry. And obviously, <laughs> no, <laughs> and obviously
1: Don't talk. And
0: obviously do forget the other boys as well outside the bike as well. Um, Shaquille and Mo and yeah. I am. And certain people Shaquille's come.
1: Shaquille's been there from yeah. day one. I mean, yeah. he was there even. I think you were when I took you in. To Queens. I think he was the first one to go into the ICU, even though they were not allowed to go. I got told off actually. I took him. The doctor was like, What do you think this is? And I was like, He's his best friend. Can he please come? And she's like, I'm gonna give you five minutes. And I was like, Okay. Um, but thanks, Shaquille. Thank you for listening. Um, you know. Or watching um, YouTube. Or watching. (laughs) Amazon
0: podcast apple plug, 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 plug. um
1: yeah uh everyone I mean i i I can't say everyone's names um but thank you everyone yeah thank absolutely,
0: you absolutely and, and and I guess how has this experience changed you as a person
1: I think I've become think? more humble
0: <laughs> okay well,
1: I mean at work as well um I had a tough time at work so I was off for um let's say two three months and I had to change my availability just so I could be more in the hospital and at home. Should
0: be, should be thanking me. I got your time off from work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, but my work is amazing. Thank you, um, you know, for my, to my managers and everyone supporting me at work and my colleagues. Um, I'm very private at work, so I don't really um, tell anyone anything. But you know, now it's on the news and article, and everyone knows. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, my manager's uh, been really good, um, very supportive. So I think that helps. If you're if you're happy at work and they understand your situation, I think that's you know takes off the pressure. So.
0: But in terms of your own strengths and resilience, do you think you've become stronger? I mean, before I think I can't imagine how you would have dealt with this.
1: I have become stronger and like, softer with you. Sorry, I would say. You reckon? Yes. No. Um, less of a bitch, let's say. Oh, sorry. Mind it's still back. A, I, mean, I
0: swear. It's still a bitch, but in a different way.
1: What do you mean? Actually, it has made you humble. Let's just it's say humble, that. It's it, well, it has brought you down on the ground. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's definitely brought me down on the ground. I've got no bloody legs to stand on. Uh, no, one leg, but no
1: time. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's not easy uh, when people say, "Oh, you're so strong." I don't know how you do it, and um, I think it's when people say you're so strong. I think you, sometimes you just don't have um, a choice. You just have to deal with the situation. Isn't it?
0: Yeah. What are you yeah, supposed I mean, no, to do? No, I what are you supposed
1: to do? I agree.
0: I think I should get put into the situation. Exactly. You have to be strong.
1: And I am uh, very bubbly. So I try to just laugh everything off, even though, um, you know, I cry at night. But I think we all do. <laughs> don't want to show everyone cry, right?
0: Okay, cool. So obviously, this podcast is called um, Strength in Struggle. So they've obviously said, you you feel like you've become stronger as a person. Yeah. So I guess the way to end this podcast really is summarise for me. I do struggle, though. <laughs> oh God, I didn't before. talk
1: about my struggles. Like, I spoke about my strength. Did I? I, I guess, did, right? yeah.
0: And what's, your struggle? So what's your struggle?
1: Struggle? Coping with kids. Yeah. Going shopping. Yeah. Driving you everywhere. For now. <laughs> for now. Yeah. Hey, can oh, you take me to him? Babe, he you doing me this? Just no. <laughs> driving sh- right. Did you what, Did you know what's the pothole? Like seriously, leave watch no the. Watch the curve. Watch the curve. Exactly. Let Let, like, let him go first.
0: Yeah. I'm stop gonna, here. Stop there.
1: I mean, that is my struggle right now. Taking Janae everywhere. Great. Thanks. So we're going away in two weeks' time. Actually, it's our anniversary. So eleventh anniversary, right? And it's like two hours drive. And I said to Janae, if he doesn't sit there quietly. I am going to give him one of his sleeping pills and just put him in the back.
0: Yes, it's true. Basically, <laughs> if the, the, sepsis and HLH hasn't killed me off, my wife is now going to try to kill me off. No,
1: I'm sorry. I don't want to go to the jail. I've got two kids to look after. Okay, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, <I've> <laughs> right. So, um, I guess your struggle at the moment is driving me about. Thanks, babe. But, so, I guess if you want to summarize for our listeners and viewers, a strength in struggle, what does strength in struggle mean to you?
1: Um, but I think for me, uh my strength is my kids. Um and obviously you and, and you, obviously. <laughs> uh but you know what? I feel like um Ayan has a, such a big impact. Mm. And like, you know, he he just you being there mm. is enough. Mm. When you want not here, I was struggling as a mother. Like hats off to all the single moms out there, mm. you know, who and dads, single dads, <laughs> who, you know, um, raise all their children by themselves. And I know I have done it for past a year and it's been tough, mm. like so tough. And I don't think so I'll be able to do it. It was really hard because Ayon was going through so much and it was really hard for me to, uh, to you know, um, handle the situation because I was going through a lot myself. Mm. So I didn't know how to not snap. Um, so where your family came into that, obviously they helped, they looked after him more than I did, to be honest, because I had to be at the hospital most of the time because you wanted my wife. I want okay. my wife. Um, yeah. So from my strength is my family. Uh, every day when I wake up uh, and I just want to quit and I'm tired, uh, you know, I want to live every moment because of my children.
0: Okay. Well, very well said, Robbie. Look. So we'll, we'll finish it on that, guys and girls listening or watching. Um, I guess all I can say is thank you, Rabia. Can you go make me some lunch now, please, or a cup of tea?
1: Go <laughs> <laughs> <key>, tea, key, <laughs> tea. It takes
0: me too long to get down the stairs. <laughs> I can gone. <laughs>